Hello, folks, and welcome to Wait 5 Minutes, the Floridian podcast. I'm Nick D'Alessandro. If you listen closely in the background, you can hear lots and lots and lots of crickets from outside. It's the middle of the day. So, there's some evidence that this is recorded in Florida, if you had any doubt. This week, the Trust Act in the history of Florida as the melting pot's melting pot. Let's get started. The Orlando City Council approved a policy last week formally called the Fair Treatment for All Trust Act Policy. The Trust Act comes from an organization called the Trust Coalition, which was founded in Texas in 2007. According to their website, they are a coalition of business, religious, and advocacy organizations, and they have a long list of principles that cover the whole spectrum of immigration issues with an emphasis on avoiding profiling from an immigration standpoint. I would highly recommend checking out their entire list as the spectrum of topics is quite wide. The Orlando Trust Coalition has been working to have this act put towards the city council for over a year now. Once it was brought, the approval of it was unanimous. According to the Orlando Sentinel, quote, The vote solidified a city policy and pertains to anyone reporting a crime or who witnesses criminal activity as well as persons pulled over for non-criminal traffic violations. Orlando's mayor, Buddy Dyer, said, quote, The Orlando Police Department is not in the business of immigration enforcement. We're not protecting people that are committing crimes, but we're not looking for people based on immigration status. Unquote. That quote comes via the Orlando Sentinel. Other Orlando officials voiced their approval of the act, including Orlando Chief of Police John Mina and Orlando City Commissioner Patty Sheehan. One Orlando City Commissioner, Tony Ortiz, added that Orlando is not seeking to become what's called a sanctuary city. Sanctuary cities, as they're called, have policies that vary from city to city, but generally focus around protections for undocumented immigrants related to crimes. The Washington Post estimates that there are 60 sanctuary cities in the United States. According to the Center for Immigration Studies, who uses immigration and customs enforcement data, there are only two official sanctuary areas in the state of Florida, and even their legitimacy as official sanctuaries is unclear. One of the two areas is Gainesville which the Gainesville Sun reports is looking to implement a similar policy to the one recently passed in Orlando to protect victims of crimes from being questioned about their immigration status. This article is from April of this year. A quote via the Gainesville Sun has a Gainesville police spokesman named Ben Tobias echoing the sentiments from Orlando Police Chief John Mina from last week. Tobias says, quote, Officers of the Gainesville Police Department are not immigration agents. They will not be proactively checking immigration status on foreign nationals they contact during routine investigations or patrol. Up until 2017, Miami-Dade County was publicly considered a sanctuary city. However, according to the Miami Herald, the county overturned certain policies that qualified them as such in early 2017, and in April, a spokesperson for the mayor of Miami-Dade County stated that the county is, quote, in full compliance. Miami-Dade County did not like the definition of a sanctuary city in the first place, as the actions related to that definition were actually due to ICE not paying for the detention of undocumented immigrants that the county was doing on ICE's behalf. These actions occurred in 2013. Now, if America's principles are founded on people coming to a new world, making us the melting pot of the world, Florida kind of feels like the melting pot of the melting pot. There's a small neighborhood north of Tampa named Ybor City, now currently known for its rich nightlife and exciting cuisine. Ybor City was a major development in 1885 and was founded originally as a city almost entirely made up of immigrants. It was formed by Vicente Martinez e Ybor, a cigar-making titan who fled Cuba. 
He wanted Cuba to be independent of the ruling Spanish, and this made him an exile of the island he called home for 15 years. He eventually founded Ybor City and brought other Cuban exiles to make a home in the Sunshine State. In 1890, the population of Ybor City was around 6,000 according to the National Park Service website. The demographics of the city were incredibly diverse and, according to the NPS, was, quote, uncommon in the American South and added to the unique character of the town, unquote. The residents of the city were Hispanic, Italian, German, Romanian Jewish, and Chinese. The city thrived not only as the cigar capital of the world, but as a brilliant example of Florida's potential for success. In an article from the Los Angeles Times, a history professor at Miami-Dade College named Paul George said that, quote, the most transformational event in the history of South Florida was the Castro takeover, unquote. Fidel Castro assumed power in Cuba on New Year's Day, 1959. The LA Times reports that, in the five decades that followed, the population of Cubans in Miami-Dade went from 2% to 34%. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, 68.6% of people in Miami-Dade County are Hispanic or Latino. There are 2.75 million people living in Miami-Dade County, making it the largest county in Florida, with the next closest being about a quarter smaller. The census also states that between the years of 2012 and 2016, nearly 20% of Florida's population was foreign-born. Cuba and Miami were already strongly connected before Castro's rise, and when the anti-communist Cuban immigrants came to the states, the U.S. government was happy to have them. In 1966, according to the Migration Policy Institute, Congress passed the Cuban Adjustment Act. This allowed Cubans to become lawful, permanent residents after having lived in the state for at least one year. Paul George, the Miami-Dade College professor, concludes with the following statement, quote, If you look at Greater Miami, every area or endeavor is now led by Cubans, whether it's educational institutes, politics, business, banking. However, Cuban migrants are not the only ones seeking a friendly face in Miami. The Washington Post reports that over 27,000 Venezuelans petitioned for asylum. The Post says this is, quote, three times as great as any other nationality. This comes after a major crisis in their country, with the Post reporting nearly 87% of the country in poverty. Many move towards other Central and South American countries like Brazil and Colombia, but those rich enough to manage the move are trying to make it in Miami. So what is asylum exactly? According to USA Today, asylum is when one seeks political protection from another country because they have no opportunity to return to their home nation. They have to prove persecution from their home in order to receive that asylum. An asylum seeker is different, however, from a refugee, as a refugee is someone who is seeking protection but are not actually in the country they are wishing to move to. It's complicated, I know. And I'm currently just talking about people who are going about the process via legal means. The topic of immigration is one, if not the most controversial and talked about topics in modern politics. In my opinion, the greatest weakness American citizens currently have is a lack of understanding about the entire situation in and of itself. Because the topic is so controversial, many politicians, particularly in Florida, are joining in on the conversation in order to sway public opinion, some in order to support their campaigns. One politician, Brevard County Commissioner John Tobiah, condemned Orlando for its passage of the Trust Act. He said the following, Just yesterday, the city of Orlando approved a policy which was applauded by left-wing groups for protecting illegal immigrants from law enforcement. Unquote. 
This quote is inflammatory, as it leaves out the fact that the law isn't protecting all immigrants from law enforcement, but is rather reducing the chance of profiling by preventing Orlando police officers from questioning any witness or victim of a crime in regards to their immigration status. Tobio went on to add that he wants to make it clear that, quote, we respect federal law enforcement as well as legal immigration, unquote. He concludes by saying he hopes to ensure Brevard County is, quote, a rule-following county rather than sanctuary county and one that respects lawful immigration, unquote. The Trust Act does not make Orlando a sanctuary city, as sanctuary cities primarily deal with policies related to detaining undocumented immigrants for committing crimes and not detaining them on ICE's behalf for deportation. To not be a sanctuary city, one would simply adhere to ICE's standards. Andrew Gillum is a Democratic candidate for governor of Florida. He is the mayor of Tallahassee currently. He has recently joined up in the debate over immigration by joining in on the popular demand from left voters to abolish ICE, stating that he believes in an overhaul of immigration that, quote, includes abolishment of ICE in its current form to be replaced with a more compassionate and focused agency that actually keeps us safer, unquote. Another candidate for governor, former U.S. Representative Gwen Graham, has called out ICE for not serving what she states is its actual purpose, which is, quote, to prevent terrorism, human smuggling, drug cartels, and pursuing violent criminals, unquote. Both candidates blame the actions of ICE on President Trump in reference to the separation of children from their asylum-seeking parents. This is after a policy that came about in May of this year in which U.S. Attorney General Jeff Sessions implemented a goal of 100% prosecution rate for all who enter the U.S. illegally and the separation of children from parents being sent to federal court. These children were to be sent then to the Department of Health and Human Services Office of Refugee Resettlement. President Trump was in Tampa on Tuesday and, while endorsing Congressman Ron DeSantis as the Republican candidate for the governorship, took several shots at Mayor Andrew Gillum without explicitly saying his name. Trump said, quote, you have somebody, one of the group, is going to be running on open borders, anti-ICE, anti-law enforcement, unquote. The Republican frontrunner for governor, Ron DeSantis, who President Trump just formally endorsed, said back in June of 2018, quote, for the asylum claims, I think that you want a speedy adjudication of these claims within two weeks, and if they're valid, fine, and if they're not, then you keep the family together during that review and then just return them where they came, unquote. There is no word on the future of the Trust Coalition and whether or not they seek to have policies like the Trust Act implemented in other cities in our state. It is now just 94 days until the midterm elections on November 6th. No doubt that immigration will be one of the main talking points for gubernatorial candidates as we move closer toward that date. Another topic facing Florida politicians is the dangerous toxic algae bloom that is sweeping the coasts of our state to devastating effect. I'll be covering the effects of that, the history of such blooms, and the impact of the conversation on the midterm elections next week. That's next Friday, August 10th. In two weeks, just in time for the primary elections in Florida, I'll be covering the main candidates for governor, the critical Senate race, and several other minor elections facing the Florida voter come August 28th. That episode will be out on Friday, August 17th. Thank you all so much for listening. If you like this episode, please consider subscribing or consider leaving a review on iTunes. It would mean a lot. Our theme song is Good Thoughts by Lobo Loco. All the websites and articles used in the research can be found in the episode description below. If you have a question or have a topic about Florida you want to learn more about, you can email me at wait5minutespodcast at gmail.com. That's wait5minutes5five-f-i-v-e podcast at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you. 
Until then, I'm Nick D'Alessandro. Be good to each other, be good to yourselves, and please drink more water. There's just some, there's just cars. There's just, it's just, it's just the sounds of the city. Yep. Yeah, let's just take it all in. This is like a, this is like the backdrop of a, of a play set in New York. Yep. It's just every car in Altamont Springs is just going on a parade. Right now. Okay. Yep. Let's get it all out. Okay, back at it again.